TMJ for his chief political correspondent and anchor Charles Benson is with us. Hey, Charles, how are you doing? Good. Uh, before we get going here, is this supposed to be an Aaron Rodgers free zone? No, you can have a little Aaron Rodgers. What do you got? No, I just thought, you know, no, I just. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, all know. Rodgers yesterday. Be glad you weren't with us yeah, yesterday. So, I'm just kidding you. Yeah. No, hey, I did want to ask you, though, are you, uh, are you into March Madness? I'm not as much as everybody else. I, I did fill out a bracket today, but I think I used that uh, autofill. So. <laughs> <laughs> Made it a lot easier. Well, right now, there's three seconds left, and the number 15 seed Princeton is about to uh, take down Arizona, who's a number two seed. I always like to see that, you know, because I'm not invested. I mean, if that was my team as number two, I wouldn't want to see that. But uh, I always love the Cinderella teams. That's the team I usually tend to focus on. Yeah, me too. They're fun, right? Easy to cheer for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I've been waiting to talk to you all day because it's getting interesting in the race for U.S. Senate. Tammy Baldwin is the next one up. She will be the incumbent. And a lot of names are kind of floating around. No official announcements. But what are, what are you hearing? What are you looking at? So, yeah, that's what's interesting. This is a 2024 election we're talking about for the U.S. Senate. Tammy Baldwin would be up and seeking a third term, which is the expectation. But the names we're hearing, and some might sound familiar here, right? Now the former uh, sheriff, David Clark, you know, he was a longtime sheriff here. And what's interesting to remember about David Clark, he ran as a Democrat when he was on the ballot. He was appointed by Tommy Thompson and has become a conservative, uh, even a big supporter of, of Donald Trump. So that's a name that might sound familiar to folks. Uh, I've seen some reporting out there that Rebecca Clayfish, the former lieutenant governor, uh, is leaving the door open. Uh, other names that you're going to hear out there is a guy like Eric Hovde. Now, who's Eric Hovde? Well, he was actually on the ballot in 2012 and came very close to beating Tommy Thompson. It was like by three points, Tommy edged him out. And Hovde also then knocked out Mark Newman, who was a more well-known politician at that time. And then I saw the newspaper today mentioning a a Franklin businessman named Scott Mayer. And so there are some names. But, um, John, I talked to Chuck Todd about this the mm-hmm. other day, and he said, look, Tammy, Tammy Baldwin's going to be a formidable candidate. She's won with pretty good margins in 12 and in 18. But it's 2024. It's going to be a presidential year. And he says she has to keep hoping that a guy named Mike Gallagher keeps saying no. He thinks Gallagher could be a good challenge there. Gallagher so far saying it's not on his radar. Oh, that is very interesting. Um, I want to ask you about money. Money always plays a big role in these races. Does that give, when you look at first blush, anybody in this list a a better chance or pose a bigger problem? Yeah, Hovde has the chance because he can self-finance. And I say self-finance because he's got some deep pockets. He's a successful real estate guy, uh, financial guy. So he, he would have the money. And that's the thing in these things. When you just get out of the gates, when you're starting to get out there, you need some money to build a campaign or get some uh campaign ads up there. So the harder thing for someone who doesn't have name recognition and doesn't have money, you really have to rely on the funding. So Hubdi's a guy who can make a quick start and a quick impression on a race in 2024. Hey, Charles, it's Wyatt. Uh, if Given that it's a presidential year, will who is on the ballot at the top for president, could that impact this race in terms of voter enthusiasm and turnout? 
Always can, but what I always go back to in 2016, you know, when uh, Donald Trump won the state of Wisconsin, turning it red for the first time since the 1980s, you know, he's the top of the ticket, so you think he's the big draw, but it's that year in 2016 that Ron Johnson seeking a second term. He actually got far more votes in 2016 by 20,000. So, yes, uh, it can have an influence, but it's not necessarily some sort of uh, tail goats, a tail uh, win there or a chance to benefit. Now, if Biden is on the ticket, does a Biden help Tammy Baldwin? I think that would be remain to be seen as well. I'm always amazed still, Charles, after living here for 25 years, the state of our state, we have one of the most conservative U.S. senators and one of the most liberal U.S. senators, and they both get reelected time and time again. How do you explain that to people who have no idea what happens in Wisconsin? Um, I, I, I can't really explain it all that well. It's always, you know, I, I always tell people it's always, you know, it's not so much. Uh, it, it's easy to say you're against someone, you know, you know, like this person or that party. But it comes down to a choice. And in each time, it's that choice. Uh, and especially as we have seen in so many of these races, because they are tight. It's the unpredictability of the independent voter, which still exists here in that maybe three to five percent range. And that's enough to put a candidate over. As we saw in 2022, we got the Republican governor. uh, We got a Democratic governor reelected and we got a Republican senator reelected, reelected on the same day. Yeah. Across the state. Yeah, that is remarkable. TMJ Force Charles Benson with us on WTMJ. So that race for the Supreme Court seat here in Wisconsin is only a few weeks away. What are you looking at as we head into the stretch here? I'm looking at one key metric. Right now, I think, according to WIS Politics, about $27 million is going to be spent on this campaign. And right now, there's still a two-to-one edge here for Janet Protasevich. Does that gap close? Does that change as we get into these final two weeks? Because that's a pretty significant uh, gap. The other thing is, while there's been a lot of reporting on who are the candidates, stories about the candidates, one thing that I haven't seen change is what people think of what Judge Janet Protasevich, where she is standing on the issues on abortion and some of these other key issues, which is driving people to sort of say, here's where she stands on those things. And clearly on abortion, she has uh, talked about a woman's right to choose. And so if that becomes an important issue, does that, I haven't seen that change. So does some issue change on that? And when with Dan Kelly, he keeps talking about uh, it's not going to be the rule of law. It's going to be the rule of Janet. He's trying to play that card. So they're, they're locked into these positions on what they think will get them across the finish line. And I don't see that changing in the final two to two and a half weeks. Charles, a lot of people get frustrated at the role that money plays in these campaigns, and they just get more and more and more expensive. Is there any way to solve that? I don't see that happening in the current structure because we elect our state Supreme Court justices. But you're right, we're up to $27 million. And by the way, that's the most expensive Supreme Court race in a state ever anywhere. It's not just here in Wisconsin. It's across the country. And we're going to be in this situation in 2025 for what will likely be another highly contested Supreme Court race. And unless someone changes the rules or how we elect people or how we put uh, members on the state Supreme Court, I don't see it changing. All right. Who do you got, Marquette? Is Marquette going to do well? 
I hope so. You know, why not pull there are for the two. hometown team? Isn't that team? hard to believe? I mean, there are two. That's the highest seed they've been, Charles, since you and I have been here. And it's been, we've been here a long time, even through Dwayne Wade. Exactly. But what I like about them is the enthusiasm. And if you're watching Shaka, you know, it's just yeah. the energy that he's brought to this team. I think there's still, you know, that they're still trying to earn that respect. You know, the people still like, ah, they were supposed to come in ninth and they're surprising people. I like how, how they can surprise teams and they're doing it with a gritty determination. Yeah, they're fun to watch. That is for sure. TMJ4's yeah. Charles Benson. As always, thank you, Charles. You're welcome.